Welcome to the Red Half of Sheffield. This is a Sheffield United podcast by two American Blades fans. My name is Noah Snyder, and I'm joined, as always, by Chad Jarvis. How you doing today, Chad? I'm not doing too bad, Noah. How are you? I'm doing all right. I mean, always good to get back to our winning ways this past weekend against Luton Town. And other than that, everything is good. It looks like we've been pretty busy last few days as far as the transfer window is concerned we'll get to that in a little bit but yeah great win over you know i'd say an inform luton town i mean to be honest like the side that they put out this past weekend I, i just don't understand how we didn't find at least one goal in the reverse fixture but it's like also surprising to me that this is a team that beat bournemouth 3 2 like what three weeks ago I mean, does that speak to our quality or to the fact that anyone can beat anyone in this league? I think it's more that anyone can beat anyone, and that's been the motto of the championship for, I don't know, however long. you. I mean, as, as long as I've been watching it. But it just says that their side, we, we basically, I mean, even with the final scoreline being 2-0 and them losing a man, we could have still scored like, I don't know. What do you think? Two more goals? At least we probably could have easily had four goals in this game. So I mean, I think it's I think it's we have a a, a good bit of quality. Obviously, we're missing the law firm currently, so he would have been even better. But you know, look, we were in the same exact position against against Preston last week, and threw away a two goal lead. They were a man down and and got a draw. So I mean, it's like on any given Saturday or Tuesday, the game is not over until the clock is completely done ticking. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I guess, look, that was a very mentally weak moment for us against Preston North end uh, last week. And for us to come back and get our two goals. And then, you know, we could have folded like an accordion, like we did against Preston, but no, we pressed our attack. We were really, really strong on the ball in that second half. Didn't give them a sniff, really, all second half. And I thought that that was probably one of our better halves of football this season, that second half in this game. Yeah, and more to your point, you know, if if you, I mean, everybody that listens to this obviously saw the Preston game. In the Preston game, the start of the second half, we had given them so many chances and it's like they kept prodding and poking in in trying to find little avenues to you know maybe get a ball in, in and score a goal and that obviously happened twice to tie the game up and as you said against Luton we just locked it down that second half we came out and they didn't even have a absolute chance so you knew know that Hecky went in at halftime and said hey we're in a good spot. Let's keep this rolling. Let's not have, you know, a lapse in concentration and end up finding ourselves in the same similar position as we were midweek. Absolutely. And I, the other thing that I thought was really interesting is, you know, it was the same situation up two goals, the other side down a man. And we made the same substitutions, essentially. I mean, McBurney being the the other striker that didn't feature in in midweek but we made pretty much the same substitutions Berge came in and yet we were still able to hold our shape and we didn't fold I mean it, it was night and day it, it really was two completely different games in 
you know, a relatively similar situation that we were put into for, for both games, you know? Yeah. And you got to like the perseverance of the boys, you know? Yeah. Because like you said, the confidence had taken a major hit after that game and to come back in the exact same position and see it out. Yeah, it's good. Hopefully, hopefully this is on to better things. And, you know, we could, we can collect some more points. I'm still hesitant to come off of my, you know, we're just going to be average because I'm not trying to get invested into the side and how good we possibly could be against, you know, our schedule that has some easier fixtures where we should be able to pick up some points and give me hope again. So I'm still on the fence, if not looking through the fence saying we're not going to finish in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the you're the ever-present realist of the mm-hmm. two of us, you know? Me, yeah. I tend to be a little bit more optimistic. We get three points, and I'm like, oh, we are going up. Say, we are going up. And and you're you're the one who brings me back down to reality. I, I, I like the dynamic that we have here, Chad. I think it's needed, you know? Yeah, and it's like letting people in behind the curtain a little bit. You know, we have a text chain b- between the two of us during the game, and it is very different. It is two tail, two different tales of a text chain. It's, uh, one thing is I'm always 30 seconds ahead of him, so I always give away the goal. Goal information, <laughs> which I have to stop doing, but it's always like I always. If you look at it, I'm always the negative one, and, and Noah's always pumping up whatever player we're talking about at the, at the time in the game. So it's right. crazy, right? Yeah, mate. Just wait a minute before you know you celebrate with me via text when we score a goal, because I guess it takes an extra thirty seconds to travel the three thousand miles across the United States to get into my TV in Los Angeles. You know. Well, I've got to remember, and I should probably do it while we're doing this. Sheffield United has a notification on your phone of goals. So it's not even like a surprise to me when we score because I've already got like a, I don't know, a 15 second heads up like, hey, there's going to be a goal coming. And then I watch the build up thing. Oh, here's a goal. So I should probably turn that off. Maybe, and then it, maybe, and then it leads, and then it leads into me texting you saying, "Hey, there's," a, or me saying like, "Wow," or "Oh my God, did you see that?" And then twenty seconds later, you finally respond, "Yep, goal." I'll finally, re- I finally respond. Get the fuck in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, what do you say we jump into our minute by minute review here? So this was a very boring first half. I mean, I think a little bit more exciting than some of our first halves have been. I think I saw a recent statistic that said we're third lowest as far as first half goals have scored the third least like yeah. first half goals, which is, is kind of a crazy statistic, especially for where we are like in the table. You'd think mm-hmm. that, that statistic, you know, that we'd be much higher up, but no, we are especially bad in the first half for whatever reason and just cannot put the ball in the net. But, you know, we had our chances in the first half. The The first real chance came about eight minutes in, and it came to the Blades, obviously. Eighth minute, Bogle got a nice pass from Jack Robinson on the right-hand side of the box. He took a shot that was saved by the Luton keeper, James Shea. Eleventh minute, a ball was deflected to Reese Norrington Davies, and uh, he took a shot that was blocked and put out for a corner. And off of that corner in the 12th minute, really, really nicely worked. 
and which we've seen a lot more of recently. We've seen kind of these worked corners as Norwood took it short to Norrington Davies, who got it back to Norwood and got it to Hurahan like about 20 some odd yards out. And he took a shot that was blocked, obviously didn't amount to anything. But like I said, really kind of speaks to the fact that we're trying to work these corners in a clever way because nothing has really been working on us, save for those two goals that John Egan scored against Hall away. Uh, we really haven't done much of anything off of corner kicks this this year. And really, with the exception of, again, later today, as we'll get to, the free kick goal that that Norwood pinged into Robinson for, for his goal, uh, we haven't really scored off of free kicks either. So, I mean, it's nice to see that we're we're trying something new here and we're not trying to be as predictable, just kind of lump it into the box and and pray that one of our tall center halves, who are not even really that tall, get their head on the ball and and score a goal. Yeah, I mean, we can go back and, and listen to the end of most of our pods that we've done this year. And how many times have I said, oh, I want a center back to score or John Egan is going to score or Bash is going to score or somebody in the in our defense is going to get up there and get a header. Then we haven't. It's like we haven't. And it's so frustrating because, like you said, we haven't hit we haven't hit set pieces either. But come to think, we haven't really had ample chances of good set pieces. I feel like we always get like, you know, we're just inside the halfway line or we're off to a weird angle on the box, so we have to cross it in weird. It's not like I don't think very many of them this year have been like, you know, that lined up at the top of the box or, you know, somewhere within a, a good like set up for us. I think we we kind of get the short end of the stick when we get those fouls. I think for a direct free t- free kick, the ideal distance is probably 21 to 22 yards out. That's enough space to get the ball up and down and, you know, to kind of like get it, like have time to get the ball down and into one of the corners. And then, you know, on an indirect free kick, I mean, it doesn't really matter as much because it's basically just a free cross into the box. Um, but I, I think, you know, you're you're somewhat right in that, Chad. We haven't had a lot of great free kick opportunities. Obviously, we had a really good one that was taken by Norwood. But, I mean, that also speaks to the kind of form that Norwood has been in recently. I mean, as we'll get to, he pinged in a couple of great balls in this game that found their targets. And... I, God, for as much as we lambasted Norwood, like in the first part of this season, then of course, like he was our whipping boy all last year. I mean, he's really kind of turned it on and showed his quality in the last few games. Yeah, I, got, I guess I got to let him off the hook now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, he he deserves it. He deserves to be let off the hook here. Lord knows he's probably going to make a mistake against Posh at the weekend, but probably. Uh, Knock God, knock on wood. Fucking spit in the evil eye. That no, I don't even want to. I don't even want to go there. Um, <laughs> anyway, 16th minute after a clear out by Luton Town, it falls to Norwood, who flicked it to Bogle, who got it to Brewster at the top of the box, and he took a low and slow shot that was easily saved by Luton keeper Shea. 18th minute, Egan got it to Hurahan on the left hand side. He distributed it to Brewster, who took a hard and low shot. That was just wide from about 26 yards out. Um, really, really good shot selection there from Brewster. I thought it was in. And, I mean, that was one of our biggest criticisms of him in the last podcast was that, you know, he looks hungry, granted, I mean, which is great. But the the shot selection just hasn't been there recently from Brewster. Obviously, he had a much better shot selection in this game. 
took his goal really well. And, uh, you know, that was just another really good bang on chance that only missed about maybe a yard and a half to the left. He looked really good in this game. And obviously everyone knows that we're going to get to later is he's going to get on the score sheet. So that's good. And, you know, maybe it's a little bit of his confidence turning for the good. Maybe more goals are going to come. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, we can only hope at this point. I, you know, I really appreciate everybody who from day one has said, don't worry. Eventually he's going to come good. We forget. We forget because we just placed all of our hopes and dreams of scoring goals last year in the prem on his back that was a massive amount of pressure for at the time i think he was 19 or or just turned 20. we forget he's 21 years old he's 21 Mm -hmm. years old i mean he has not even gotten to the peak of his career yet you know and i still think he's got more goals in him i still think he'll bang in 10 by the end of the season at least um he's on four now so you know i mean that's six in 21 games he's going to be i I mean, spoiler alert for who I think should start uh, at, at Peterborough this weekend, but I really think that Brewster deserves a run out like in almost every game. Sharp I has really, I think the accumulation of games have has really start, started to get to Sharp. And I think at this point, it's time to put in Brewster, especially, especially when the law firm Morgan Gibbs White comes back into the side, he's going to drop into that, you know, that, that like, that 10 position and uh and Njaye will will move kind of to a more like a more center forward position you know yeah no I, I agree with that one thing is we got to stop relying on Billy to play what do you play 86 minutes in this game I mean we cannot have a guy that's 35 years old running out every game yeah his fitness is incredible but we can't be running him out there. He's going to get run ragged. And he it seems like he's played almost every game over the last, what, barring the, the three-week hiatus we had between games. He's played almost every freaking game this year. Yeah. And it's like we just need to pump the brakes on him. And, you know, maybe since McBurney's back healthy, maybe we put him in there and pair him next to Brewster. But I'm I'm for sure sticking Brewster in the in the side this weekend. Yeah, definitely. I think maybe McBurney probably needs a couple more weeks as far as fitness is concerned. And then I want to see like a 20 minute substitution. He McBurney, I think, is going to be rife for the West Brom game because I I mean, what I could see is us going down like in the first half. It's not working up top with uh, with Brewster. And I don't know, maybe we, we lump in sharp or in Jaya up front. And then that's when you bring in like a McBurney at that point. Mm-hmm. But I anyway, who who knows what's going to happen? I mean, you know. But anyway, getting back to our review here, I, I'm not sure what minute it was, but I, th- I think this player had a, a, like mostly an otherwise forgettable game. But Njaye drove down the pitch and he tried to play in sharp, who I think was a little bit surprised by the ball coming into the box. And it like went right through his legs and he wasn't able to control it. And it, it went out for a goal kick. But it was a really good effort from Njaye there, who, you know, I mean, that's what he's known for now. Those like drives just down the field. And I mean, we've been so sorely lacking that. I mean, I, I have not really seen that from, you know, a fleck. I mean, Billy's hold-up play is is really great, but he doesn't drive down the pitch with the ball like that. And, and Jaya just offers that. And it, it's a skill that you really need. And 
to this point, prior to this year, we really didn't have a player who could just take the ball about 45 yards from from goal and just drive it down the pitch, you know? Yeah, no, I, I agree. It, that's what we need. We need somebody to be able to go on marauding runs. And obviously, you can look to the Fulham goal. He took it on a marauding run and beat their whole back line and, and scored the goal. So only good things to come from Ndiaye. Definitely, definitely. Luton's first real chance came at the 30th minute at the top of the box. Ball came to Peter Chioso on the right-hand side of the box. He crossed it on the ground to Cameron Jerome, who took a slow shot that was easily saved by a clean sheet Wes. And Luton only had two shots on target in this game, and that was one of them. I mean, and that really speaks to how well we got on the ball and really controlled possession in this game. Oh, yeah, we had we had 65%. So... I mean, we were in very good control of the game. And like you said, they only had two shots on target. They didn't really have a sniff, honestly. Yeah. We had the we controlled the ball a lot, even though only 65%. Yeah, that's not like usually we're a little bit higher, like 68 to 70 around some of these teams. But I felt like for good chunks of the game, Luton couldn't get anywhere near the ball. Absolutely. I, I agree with you, Chad. I mean, we just seem to be running them ragged with good, clean passes and and good control on the ball. I mean, we, we really didn't give them anything. We didn't, you know, we didn't pass the ball into dangerous areas where they could get on it and start a counterattack. And I mean, that was really evident in the second half. I think it was a little bit more back and forth in the first half, but really in the second half, we controlled everything. So one of the more frustrating attacks that came to nothing in that first half, like started with Njaya, who made a really good run into the box. And then somehow the ball fell to Norrington Davies, who just twatted it. And I'm not sure like if it was a cross or like it went all the way across the pitch and Norwood had to pick it up. He played the one, two with Bogle and then bash made this really great run into the box. And if Norwood had picked his head up, and just look to Bash, who was kind of like, he would have been able to pull it back to Bash as Norwood made that run. I mean, he was only 15 yards from goal in a really good spot. I really wish he would have pulled it back because Bash was so wide open, but he made an errant cross that that went nowhere. And I mean, that was that's our half summed up. I mean, good attacking play overall, but just nothing as far as the finish was concerned. It was one of those, like you alluded to too, it was really boring. Yeah. I don't know, like the last, I don't know, since we've come back from, you know, the COVID break, even with Wolves in the FA Cup, our first halves have just been absolutely snooze fest. And you're yeah. like, I could do something for the first 45 minutes and then turn into the, turn on the second half and in will be entertained. As we'll allude, both the goals are going to come in the second half. So it's like, we try and figure out and break down the team, and then we go in at halftime and make some adjustments and come out and look like a totally different team. Yep, and we will get to that in a minute here. Finishing out the half, 38th minute, a foul by Jaden Bogle, set up a free kick for Luton just outside of the box. Henry Lansbury put in a really good free kick uh, that was actually put into the net by Bradley, but he was offside. Big old sigh of relief that really would have changed the game. I mean, I thought it was going to stand. You know, I didn't see the flag go up until like a good four or five seconds after after the, the the ball was put in. 
Yeah, it it was like, what are we doing here? We switched off and let him go in. That was an easy tap, and I was like, no, this has got the press the game written all over it. Yeah, but thank God for the offsides. Yeah, and I what was interesting was you know our our goal off of the free kick was taken in a very similar way, but obviously Jackie Longthrow was onside for that. But forty third minute ball was put into the box and cleared by Luton, but Njaye got it in a good shooting position, but he had his shot blocked by Reese Burke. And then the last chance of that half came off of a corner that was blocked out. It fell to Egan who crossed back into the box looking for Sharp. He got ahead to it. It fell to Brewster who tried a soft header that just didn't have any pace on it. And it was saved easily by Shea. And that was the first half, I mean, for a half that seems so boring, I mean, it was relatively eventful. There were a few shots that came in, not a lot found its target, but at the same time, I mean, it seemed like we had a good percentage of the possession. They weren't really offering anything. And it, like, I, I don't know, at halftime, I just felt like I knew there was a goal. And I think I texted you as much. I was like, there's a goal in this for us somewhere. And sure enough, Second half got off to a very quick start, 48th minute, and Jaya got the ball to Norrington Davies on the left-hand side. He crossed the ball into the box, but it was blocked out. Fell to Bogle, who I think was trying a shot from, like, uh, about the 18-yard box, like the edge of the 18-yard box. Somehow it fell to Brewster, who received the ball, took a touch, and shoots and scores on the turn, eight yards out. Really, really good goal, and Chad, you owe me five dollars. I do. I that I do. I it's it's something that's been coming for so long for him, so yeah. long, and it's like it's deserved because it's been like you said, it's his fourth goal in the league. Yeah, he's been out with injury for a little bit, so it's almost like it's his career here is stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, never gets fully going. So hopefully if he gets a goal here, now we can go into the next few games where he gets a full run out and maybe he can he can add to his total now. I'm yeah. curious to see what happens now. Well, he's certainly going to be brimming with confidence moving forward, in, in my opinion. And I could even tell in the Preston North End game, I mean, he was really keen to score. It was just the shot selection, you know? I yeah. mean, he'd take an extra little dribble on it in that game or – just he just couldn't really find his his shooting touch and didn't test the keeper at all in this game i mean you know i think that was his only like really really well no he had a, he had another good chance he had another really really good chance actually in this game mm -hmm. but i i heard a stat on blades pod that brewster had more shots than passes in this game that's, that's good. a hell of a stat it's a hell that's of a good. stat yeah, I mean, we need somebody who's going to put the ball at the net, to shoot the ball at the net. You miss 100% of the, the shots you don't take, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Um, but, <laughs> but I, I mean, I just I like to see shots and good quality shots, and Brewster definitely had his fair share in this game. So in the 51st minute, Billy Sharp won us a free kick in a good position. Norwood took it, and somehow it found Jack Robinson, who headed it into the back of the net. We go up 2-0. Great goal from Jackie Longthrow. His first is a blade, his first of the season. And who would have thought? If somebody put, I don't know, five quid on Jack Robinson to score in this game, you probably got a payout of like 
hundred pound. I, I, I can't, I don't even Something. know. It was probably 20 to one odds. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I was speechless when I went in because if you read the internet, you know, everybody's like Jack Robinson, what's he doing? He's a liability and back. Then he goes and scores and everybody's like, yeah, we need to sign him to a lifetime contract. All always this. rated him. Always. Yeah, rated always. Him. Always. He's one of the greatest blades ever in the history of the world. <laughs> and I'm like, come on. And then you scroll back to deals in their feed and it says uh jackie Longthrow needs to go needs to leave and then all of a sudden he's god and he's a messiah and it's like what these people are delusional yeah yeah i look do i think he's a great player no did he have a good game for us yes yes i thought this was probably his one of his better games as a blade jackie Longthrow. once in a blue moon he has a good game i'll say that once in a blue moon Here's the question that I wanted to pose to you. Speaking of, you know, did this player have a good game? Do you think that Reese Norrington Davies had a good game? No, I did not. I did not. I I haven't been a fan of him since he came back. And, okay. and now we're going to get to see more of him because Stevens is out with whatever his injury is. I think he had a not such a good first half and an okay second half. He kind of got better as the game went on. Well, but as a whole, I would say no. Here's the thing. So he put himself in several good positions to score. So yeah. I will say his positioning was good, but the man has no finish whatsoever. Mm. If no. that's Stevens, I think Stevens has maybe one or two goals in this game. And we get like our third goal. I mean, yeah. like, here's an example. I'll, 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 I'm going to jump ahead here. Okay. It was the 64th minute off of a corner taken by Norwood. <laughs> It bobbled around a bit before falling to Norrington Davies, who struck it hard, and it went way over the bar. I mean, he didn't need to strike yeah. it as hard as he did. I mean, he just proper twatted it. And granted, it was only, you know, a couple of feet, like maybe four or five feet, like above the crossbar. But still, he did not need to shoot it that hard, you know, from yeah. that position. Yeah. That's why I said he had an oh, – it wasn't a good game for me. He, he was better in the second half than the first. He just, like you said, he doesn't have any finishing ability. I mean, I I don't really think that we need him to be scoring a lot of goals, but he no. does. But I do think that, you know, either Stevens or, hell, maybe even Max Lowe probably finishes at least one of the chances that he had in this game. And I think I think one thing with R&D, too, he seems like he's more fragile, too. Like he seems like he gets injured a lot. So I don't know how long we're going to have him and then he's going to get injured again. And then we're going to have to bring Stevens back. And so we're just, it's constant flip, flop, flip, flop, flip, flop. I'm not really a big fan of, of him in, in our squad, you know, not knowing too much about him because he was, he wasn't in the team last year. He sounded good. Everything I read was good. And then he comes in, he's okay. He's okay. He's okay. Then he gets hurt and he comes He's out for an extended period of time. Then he comes back, and it's like, eh, he's not really, I don't know. He doesn't really do it for me. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So in the 54th minute, Reese Norrington Davies pinged in a, a good ball to Brewster on the right-hand side. He took it first time, but it was saved relatively easily by Shea. And then an interesting moment in the 56th minute as Brewster was taken down in the box. I'm not sure which Luton player committed the it wasn't a foul, but uh, brought him down. Did you think that was a pen shout, Chad? No, I mean, when I first saw it, yeah. 
But then you see the other replays and you're just like, you know what? I think we're just trying to get another goal here. So I'm going to be a little generous and not call it a, not call it a pin. But I mean, it's 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 one of those that can go both ways. You know, some people will call it a pen. Some some people won't. Yep. Yep. Well, in the 58th minute off of a corner that pinged around a little bit, felt it in Jaye who took a shot that was blocked. And then oh, it found Brewster not five yards out. And he just twatted it over the bar. I mean, come on, lad. He was all alone. He should have been at the double there. And the Brewster finish, we always know. The yeah. Brewster finish, we always I mean, know he's back. Look, look, look. I, I am not going to fault him for not scoring two goals in a game. He he took his goal very well, but could have had another one. Could have had a brace, but wasn't to be. Was not to be. 61st minute, Norwood pinged an, an amazing ball for Brewster, who beat Burke and was certainly in before being hauled down by Burke, uh, who was shown a red card and sent off, and at this point, you're thinking, oh, no. <laughs> Here we yep. go. 2-0 yep. up. As, as we said, we're going to bottle this, aren't we? But, of course, we didn't. I think it was uh, Tufty Club tweeted the minute that got a red card. They're like, put a tenner on 2-2 two to, two to two right now. I was like, yeah, I should. <laughs> yeah. So, we already said this. is 64th minute. Norrington Davies struck it. It went over the bar. Norwood had to go from about 30 yards out that wasn't close. And then Bogle on the right. This was a great bit of skill right here. Okay. Bogle on the right-hand side beat like four Luton players, but just couldn't find an open man in the box. I think he even megged a player. I mean, he looks like he's having fun out there. Am I right? Like He does. He, he looks like a complete – he looks like that free-flowing player with, that got slotted into our team last year when he got a couple of goals and looked good. Yeah, he looks like he's back to his old self, you know, which is good. I, I mean, I, I enjoy that. He looks like if you're having fun, go out there. Have yeah. fun. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. In the 70th minute, Norrington Davies missed a header off of a Norwood cross. I mean, that was another good chance for him. 78th minute, Lutontown had the second of their only two chances in the game as Jordan Clark tried a right-footed shot that was saved by Wes Fodderingham and... 78th minute, and Jaye made a really good run into the box, got open, and struck a low, hard shot that was saved by Shea. Billy Sharp had a go in the 82nd minute from a difficult angle, but that was really all she wrote. Nothing else really for the rest of the game. We cruised to a comfortable win, one of our better halves of the season, uh, as I said earlier. And, I mean, who was your man of the match, Chad? I'm, I'm going with the guy we just talked about, Jane Bolo. I, like he, like you said, he's out there having fun. He looks to be back to his, his former self. And I think the goals are going to come for him too because he keeps getting in those attacking positions. So, we, I mean, at some point the ball is going to fall to him and he's going to score. So, yeah, my, my man of the match is, is Bogle. I'm going to go I'm, just because I I've, have not really given it to him that often, but I'm going to go with Jackie Longthrow. I thought he played well Oof. in defense. He took his goal very well and got to give my little tip of the hat to Jackie Longthrow. So Jack Robinson, take a bow. So we've got some transfer news here. Uh, you know, unless you've been living under a rock, the Robin Olsen experiment is thankfully over as God. it was 
withdrawn by Roma and then transferred on loan to Aston Villa. And good luck to him, but he did absolutely nothing for us, really. I mean, this team has been completely different since Fodderingham has replaced him. And uh, yeah, I mean, League One West, who would have thought? Who would have thought at the beginning of the season that West Fodderingham, A, was going to be our our first choice goalkeeper, and B, was going to have kept, I think he's kept four clean sheets? Yeah, somewhere around there. I mean, but... At the beginning of the season, we didn't know how bad Robin Olsen was going to be. Well, actually, we started with Aaron Ramsdale, and then that turned out to be him just being like a prima donna, not wanting to play for us. And then we get Olsen in, and he's awful. Also, it kind of stemmed with we were still having backline troubles. And then Olsen gets hurt, and and Three Point West comes in and, you know, locks it down. Yep. So – I mean, I'm good with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, do I think he's a bang average championship goaltender overall? I'd say probably, yeah. But as we've said time and time again on this podcast, all you need, all you need. All you need is Wes. He's got six. (laughs) All you need is Wes. So... Uh, you just indicated to me that Wes actually has six clean sheets at this point. So, you know, a little fact check there from Chad. And yeah, that's very impressive. Very, very impressive. Considering he's only played, what, 11 matches at, to this point? Yeah. Yeah, more it was 11 half, games. More than half of his 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 games have been clean sheets. That's incredible as far as statistics yeah. are concerned. So yeah. good on you to Wes Fodderingham. All we need is Wes. <laughs> I I don't think they're going to be singing that on the cop. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, well, you never know. It might, it, it, it might take flight. You never know. <laughs> it'll take it'll take off just by our supporters listening to this podcast by virtue <laughs> of uh, them listening to this. So Ollie Burke has gone to Millwall. So hey. That's another off of our payroll as they'll take over paying him for the rest of the season. And I I wish him the best. I hope that somehow he finds his form over at Millwall. He starts just, you know, lumping in the goals and that he does well for them. But at the same time, I I don't think he, I think he's going to be fast for them and not going to offer much else. Yeah. Uh, I think he came in as a sub over the weekend yeah, he's just going to run down there and be aimlessly running to the corner with the ball saying, what do I do? Do I just pass it out or what? And so, I mean, I want the best for him. I want him to score a lot of goals, but I just, I mean, based on when he played for us, no, I don't see it. I just don't see it. Ollie Burke is an Impala with his head cut off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just <laughs> running, just running. He has no idea, just running. Fast, but just no, no clue, not a clue. No. So a permanent player that, or a player that has gone out permanently is Regan Slater to Hull, and Regan Slater was never going to make the first team. Uh, I I think he'll get a lot more minutes playing for Hull, and wish wish him all the best. And we have some exciting news. I think we're probably going to make our first permanent signing in 
18 months since Rian Brewster, if you can believe this, Chad, in, uh, and I should say permanent signing off of a transfer. And that is for Adam Davies from Stoke. And he is a backup goalkeeper. By all accounts, they say he's bang average. He saves what he's supposed to save. And, you know, he lets in what he's supposed to let in. I'm, I'm probably paraphrasing exactly what blades pod said there because i just listened to them uh so you know this is blatant plagiarism from from blades pod but uh yeah by all accounts he's he's bang average so that's what we need in a backup keeper and god forbid west goes down with with a little injury uh he'll be able to come in and you know we won't have to worry about lumping in jake eastwood anymore yeah i mean that's one thing. We just needed to get a keeper in to, you know, fill that backup role. And maybe, I mean, Wes isn't going to lose the starting role now. We're just going to kind of roll with him the rest of the season. If he gets injured, then we have Adam Davies step in. We love Davies. We got Ben Davies, Adam Davies. You know, we should just get the whole Davies family in the squad and we'll just rene- rename the, the team Sheffield United Davies. Um <laughs> But Chef United yeah. Davies. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's and it's added a little bit of competition to, you know, for, for Wes. We're not in any more cups, so we're not going to see a backup goalkeeper. So, I mean, it's okay. I'm okay with it. You know, if he's bang average, I'll, I'll be fine with that because that's all we need to be in this league is bang average. Yep, absolutely. And then the rumor mill is really starting to circulate here as two potential loan targets for Sheffield United in Nat Phillips and Reese Williams from Liverpool. I think it was Reese Williams who was at Swansea. He played in five games for them earlier this season. He was recalled from Swansea, and I, I just don't think he was getting the playing time. But if Ben Davies isn't going to be coming back into the side, Lord knows what's going on with him. I haven't heard diddly squat about Ben Davies, but I'd like to have somebody who can slot in ahead of Jackie long throw as, as good of a game as he had. I I'd still like to see somebody, you know, come in and like really lock down that left center back position, make it their own. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, that's what we need. Just, just to get us to the end of the season to see where we're at. If we're, if we're going to bring, you know, young Liverpool youngsters in, obviously they, I'm hoping they play with Brewster. You know, even though they play in defense, maybe there's a little bit of a link up. I doubt it, but, you know, we can only hope and we can only see if this transfer or if these loans come through, maybe it changes our side for the better. Who knows? Yeah. Only time will tell if this actually happens. Right, right. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. That's all the transfer news that I have at this point, unless you've heard something else, Chad. I'm sure everybody and their brother will be linked to us within the next, what is today? The date of recording is the 24th. So we have just about a week until the transfer deadline closes. So yeah, we'll have, we'll probably link with Messi and Ronaldo and all that. (laughs) I would would assume is going to happen. Yeah. But they'll turn it down to, they want to, they don't want to like over plenish United. We got to, we got to divvy it up. We can't take all the good players right now. Right. We got to leave some for, you know, for the other clubs. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a game this weekend. It is at Peterborough United. And who can forget that reverse fixture? 6 2. 
you know, that was one of the few good memories that I have of Slav being in charge of the club, but um, they are not great. They are in a relegation battle at this point. And in their last five, I mean, most recently they lost 3-0 to West Brom. They lost 4-1 to Coventry at home. They beat Bristol Rovers in the third round of the FA Cup. They lost 3-1 to Blackpool, and then they beat uh, Millwall 2-1. So, you know, not on great form at this point. They currently sit in the relegation zone at 22nd in the league on 21 points. I mean, you got to feel that this is going to be a relatively, hopefully, comfortable game for Sheffield United. Who are Peterborough United's danger men? I mean, who are their biggest goal-scoring goal threats this season, Chad? Well, Sariki Dembele is their top scorer with five goals. Clark Harris is on four. Other than that, you know, Harrison Burroughs has got three. There's not many. They've only scored 21 goals all season. And they so, given 51. So yeah. So I mean, obviously the reverse fixture was six to two. So hopefully we can smash a hand, whole handful past them again to get our goal differential going in the right way. And then it it, it starts to lead into good things for us. And you know, they're gonna come out fighting though. They're in that relegation battle. They every game from here on out has to be a cup final game. So they ha- we're going to get the best side Posh has. So I think we're going to win this one. In, I don't want to say emphatically like a 6-2 result, but I think we're going to win it comfortably. Well, is it ever really comfortable for Sheffield United? <laughs> no, we do not do things the easy way, barring that one six two result that we had against this Peterborough United. But Chad, do you see us pretty much starting the same 11 that we started against Luton Town? Yeah, I mean, I I probably wouldn't change anything. I mean, they're not going to take Billy out for anybody. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're going to have Brewster and, and, and Billy up, up front, I I would imagine. Yeah. that that I, I think at this point right now, this is our best 11. Yeah. And, heck, he's just rolling with it. Because one thing, we do have a week between games. We don't have – we didn't have – it's not like we have a midweek game and then we got to go again at the weekend. So it's good for us to have this time off. So, you know, we'll, we can just train and then get everybody healthy and then put out the same starting 11. Yeah. I, I see, I see exactly the same side featuring in, in this fixture. And what's your score prediction, Chad? I think I'm going to say three nil. Uh, Billy gets uh, two of them and Bash gets one. Ooh. A Chris Basham goal. Wow. Yep. That yep. those are a rarity. So I, I would like to see that very, very much. Is it off of a off of a corner? Off of the you header? know it. You know <laughs> it. You know it. I am hoping like crazy we get one of those. That would be nice. That would be really nice. Uh, I too am gonna say three nil to United. I'm gonna say Brewster gets one. I'm gonna say Njaye gets one. And you know what? Fuck it. Ollie Norwood is finally going to score his first goal of the season and his first goal in a long time for us. That wasn't, and I think it'll be from open play, not a pen. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm good with that. I I am good with that. So we'll see what happens this weekend as we play Peterborough United. Chad, 
I think that's really all the time that we have for this episode of the Red Half of Sheffield. If you haven't done so already, please give this podcast a review on iTunes and five stars if you like what we're doing. And if you haven't done so, please follow our podcast on social media. You can follow us at Red Sheffield on Twitter and at the Red Half of Sheffield on Facebook. And then, Chad, where can the people follow you on all the social media? They can follow me on Facebook and Twitter at Blades in the USA. And you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Jarvis underscore 13. And you can follow me, Noah Snyder, at Sunpuck and... On, that's on Instagram. And then you can follow me on Twitter at Nessman930. So until the weekend where we play the third from the bottom, Peterborough United, up the blades, Chad. Up the blades. Come on, you red and white wizards. <laughs>